0: Hey there, and welcome to Lively Conversations, brought to you by Table 112. Whether you're at the table, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope to inspire meaningful talks about life between parents and teens. I'm your host, Dana Williams, and I'm excited and delighted to get to bring to you this first ever Lively Conversations Parents Only bonus episode with Dr. Kara Powell. Kara is the executive director of the Fuller Youth Institute and a faculty member at Fuller Theological Seminary. She was named by Christianity Today as one of 50 women to watch, and Kara serves as a youth and family strategist for Orange and also speaks regularly at parenting and leadership conferences. Kara is the author or co-author of a number of books, including Growing With, Growing Young, The Sticky Faith Guide for Your Family, Sticky Faith Curriculum, Can I Ask That?, among many others. Kara's team at Fuller Youth Institute researched the growing issue of the anxiety teens are facing. Fuller has some really helpful information for us as parents to help our teens navigate the stressors in their world. You'll also discover the resources they've created to help parents dive deeper into supporting our kids. Fuller has developed a curriculum that ministry leaders can use with their high school students called Faith in an Anxious World. Cara and I have gotten a chance to get to know each other a little better of the last year through the launch of her Growing With book and several ministry leadership events where we shared the joys and fears of sending our oldest sons off to college last fall. Her team featured my son Justice's experience with Jim during our birthday milestone celebration, which was episode seven, as a sticky faith story. She's married to Dave and they are mom and dad to three kids. I am so delighted to get to bring you this lively conversation bonus episode with Kara Powell. Welcome to the table. We are so glad you're here. Kara, welcome to Lively Conversations. This is a first for our podcast of a parent bonus episode. So oh, nice. thanks for agreeing to do that. Well, I'm honored to be in the first group. That's great. <laughs> I want to know, you're, you've been doing a lot of research about anxiety and the anxiety that Gen Z is experiencing. What drew you to research that? and then why, why does this conversation matter? Yeah,
1: well, the number one reason that I was drawn to it is because so many people were asking me questions about it. So many leaders and parents um, that we try to serve at the Full Youth Institute, that became their number one question. It mm-hmm. didn't matter where we were, whether we were in Pasadena, where our offices, or whether I was traveling to rural Iowa or inner city New York. Um, leaders and parents had really poignant, and deep questions about the suffering, the mental health challenges they were seeing in kids. Yeah. And Fuller has a school of theology and a school of psychology. So I thought, wow, we need to bring together the expertise of these centers, our faculty, our alum, um, and see what we could do to offer tools for leaders and parents.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, it's It's an important topic and kind of a scary one yeah. because you start treading on that ground in... Uh, you're just not really sure where it's going to go. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah a, it's there's important. been quite
1: a dramatic uptick in mental That's health uh, issues with, with all generations, but especially young people. And interestingly, it, um, there was a shift in risk behaviors in around 2012, mm-hmm. which is about 50 percent, when 50 percent of the population had a smartphone. So it's kind of where mm-hmm. smartphones technology hit critical mass and critical momentum. I mean, at that point, there's some good news for those of us who care about kids. Some risk behaviors have been dropping, right? Um, like sex and substance abuse and teen pregnancy. Um, that's all dropping. But what has been increasing is anxiety, stress, suicide, depression. Um, and there's a lot of folks who think that technology is part of it. And, and I actually agree. I think there's a lot of great things about technology, and in many ways, yeah. technology helps me build better relationships with my kids. I mean, I was just texting my 13-year-old 30 sure. seconds before we started. <laughs> Um, so that's awesome. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when, uh, when you and I, Dana, when we were invited to a party on Friday night, we would maybe hear about it on Monday at school. Right. Whereas kids today, they're in their bedrooms by themselves on their devices, seeing everything unfold that they're not a part of.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's just a different technology is a great thing, but it also shows more of what you're missing out on. And I, I think that combined with lack of social support for today's kids, the busyness of today's kids. That's kind of created this tidal wave of um, mental health needs that we as leaders and parents need to respond to.
0: Absolutely. And I, I've seen that shift too in my years of ministry with yeah. teenagers. Yeah. It went from what are they doing together to what are they doing when, when they're on when their they're own? Home yeah. They're sitting inside my house, like even, um, you know, the bedroom or the upstairs or whatever isn't yeah. safe anymore. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very different thing. Yeah. So one of the things that we talk about here around Table 112 is the parents need to start with themselves. So start with me. What should parents know about teenage anxiety? And then as parents, what are some key ways that we need to invest in our own growth so that we can set ourselves up to be great leaders in our own families? Yeah.
1: Well, I think what I have tried to do as a parent, just seeing uh, anxiety in general increase around me, is to ask, what am I doing that's putting pressure on my kids without me realizing it? Mm -hmm. Um, Am I asking too many questions about school? Am I too riveted on grades? Is their schedule too busy? Um, Lisa DeMore, who's a researcher I respect greatly on adolescence, she talks about uh, it's very beneficial when kids have 25% of their schedule as free time. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, which yeah. is a really good rule of thumb. Right. And and I think oh, some weeks, maybe, but most weeks, maybe not for yeah. most kids, including my own. We're, oh, Dave and I have three kids. there, 19 and 17 and 13. So, um, so you know, I think we can ask those questions. What are we doing verbally? What are we doing with our schedule that's um, unintentionally putting too much pressure on our kids? Um, I think also sometimes parents, um, we, one of my colleagues said this at Fuller, we want we want our kids to never suffer. And then we want them to have the kind of character and growth that only comes from suffering. (laughs) So So isn't it true? I mean, you never want your kid to suffer. And so so I think a lot of parents, especially in this helicopter parent age, we've kind of gotten into the habit of swooping our kids out of difficulties. Mm -hmm. And so some folks think that kids aren't learning the kind of resilience and grit that they maybe need to. And so um, I think that's another question we need to ask ourselves. How much are we rescuing our kids from problems and challenges because we're afraid they can't handle it or we don't want them to handle it or maybe we can't handle seeing them in the pain (laughs) and the challenge.
0: Totally, Which is a lot about us, right?
1: And so um, so I think those are some questions. And I would say the last thing is we as parents, uh, I think when it comes to mental health challenges, Sometimes we underreact and sometimes we overreact. So sometimes we we underreact and um, there's changes in behavior, changes in attitude that we see in our kids, but we think it's, quote, normal for teenagers. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe it's not. And at the same time, sometimes we overreact and think everything our kid is experiencing is a crisis. So how to find that helpful um, place. And that's where one therapist gave me a great question to ask kids, you know, on a scale of one to ten what's your level of anxiety right now and what he told us is um, one to three that's no big deal four to six is handleable and it's right around six or seven mm-hmm. that you want to start maybe thinking about getting some professional therapy involved for that kid get your kid that support so i encourage parents to have that conversation with their kids regularly um, what's your level of anxiety right now and that'll give you a sense for how serious it is
0: how young should we start having those kind of conversations
1: Great question. Um, I'm going to go somewhat anecdotally here. So this is, I try to give a, 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 a I try to give a, a qualification when answers aren't based in research. I would say, you know, I, I think the typical 10 or 11 year old yeah. probably is starting to feel stress, maybe even verbalize stress. So um, that could vary based on a family and based on a kid and a culture and all that. But I, sure. I would say just kind of shooting from the hip, you know, 10, 11. That's fair.
0: Yeah. Thanks for going there with me. Yeah, you bet so another value that we have around here is uh, partnering in community and I want to know what role does community play in effectively navigating the anxiety that teenagers are facing
1: so so big it plays such a big role Dana I mean um, my kids there's a lot that they can talk to me about but Mm -hmm. they've told me that there's some things that they would rather talk with someone else about and so even when our kids were young we would play the, who would you talk about game? Who would you talk to about game? Yeah. Um, which is, you know, you're feeling whether it's third grade and you're feeling tempted to cheat or whether it's eighth grade and kids are vaping around you, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be. If you're having tough questions about God, who would you talk to, um, beyond us so that they constantly hear the message so that they can talk to other adults besides us. So, um, So I think the role of community is huge for um, having other adults who are looking out for the well-being of your kids. The way we talk about it in our family is what adults are on your team? Um, Who are those five or more adults that can support you, you can talk to, you can text, et cetera. And so I'd encourage families both for mental health as well as just thriving overall in kids to try to develop, you know, a, a team of adults who are supporting your kid.
0: Definitely. Yeah, those are important Uh, relationships to invest in. And I think for parents, parents also need circles where they can sit in just as much as kids and teenagers do. So how can we use those circles to support us as we support our kids? Yeah,
1: I think for us as parents to have those few safe places where we can talk with other parents or Mm -hmm. other adults about what we're seeing in our kids and kind of ask them, you know, what do you think? Um, What's your perspective on that based on what you know about our family? Um, so that so that they can be kind of a sounding board for us, even in terms of what's going on with our kids. And then also, you know, we as parents, we experience our own anxiety yeah. and our own stress. And so, um, you know, I have uh, a number of close friends that we're kind of in text dialogues kind of all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, pray for me, I'm dealing with this. Uh, what do you think I should do here? Or I have one friend that we're committed to remind each other that Jesus is enough. Oh yeah, And so great. if any of us, either of us are feeling that we're not enough or just feel led to to reach out to that other friend, to just let her know, to her, let her know that Jesus is enough. And, and I know I need those reminders myself
0: definitely, um,
1: as a, an adult and as a parent.
0: Yeah, when we sit across from each other and we look into each other's eyes, it's almost like we can give each other permission to just be human. Totally. And that's so important. Totally,
1: yeah. yeah. To not be mom, to yes. not be the employee, <laughs> to not be, yeah, just to be a human who's yeah. navigating the ups and downs of life.
0: Yes, and the ups and downs of parenthood, which there are plenty, it's a roller coaster. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: So the last thing that we kind of focus on around here is engaging our kids with intention. So I wanna talk about how we can engage our kids in preventing prolonged anxiety. You've given us the tool of the one to 10 scale so we can measure things. What else can we do?
1: Yeah, Um, well actually, uh, I've spent a lot of time with therapists. I'm not a therapist, but I've spent a lot of time with therapists trying to understand this. And as I've looked over my notes from what I felt was most important, um, I've actually created a little mnemonic that's A, B, C, D, E. Okay. Um, So I already gave the A, which is ask. Ask your kid what's going on and their level of stress. The B is breathe. Um, And this is so interesting because I've learned from my neurologist friends that there's something about slowing down our breathing and letting our lungs fill with air that causes our heart to stop beating so rapidly, mm-hmm. and that literally helps our body relax. So, one of them said, "It's like it's like the body's brake pedal." Yeah. So once you ask, you know, ha- help your child, help the young person you care about, breathe. Um, C is center on an important truth that you think would help them. So in our family, I honestly don't even remember how it started, but Emmanuel, <laughs> yeah. that God is with us, has been a phrase that's been really anchoring for our family. So yeah. whether it was my nine-year-old was doing the ropes course, <laughs> or just a few weeks ago, our 13-year-old was in a tough competition and I knew she was going to be intimidated, and you know, I just looked at her and said, "Jessica Emmanuel, I'm not sure you remember Emmanuel. Absolutely, God is God is with you, God is with us.
0: We've used that one in our family as oh, good. well. Yeah, we, good. you know, we live in Houston, so we went through Hurricane yeah. Harvey, which yes. in our home meant two plus days of tornado warnings uh, constantly, uh, and um, my daughter." You know, one of the verses that we've that I've cling to with my daughter is when I am afraid I will trust in you. It's a psalm. Yeah. And so that was one mantra that we just kind of kept going back to is this this little psalm that reminded us that it was going to be OK. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 So to have those in your family, you yeah. know, have a have a truth to center around. Um, D is develop a team. You know, you already hit on that. How do we help our kids have adults they can talk to, have um, friends they can talk to? You know, I, I've encouraged teenagers, if they know they're going to be anxious at soccer practice, well, who's somebody on the soccer team you can maybe talk to about yeah. it or just kind of give a sign to that when you're feeling anxious, so at least you know somebody knows and it's with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as a therapist, when you need to involve a therapist with what's going on with your family. And then E is empowering empathy. Um, and this is where I've been really helped uh, by the work of Lisa Demore. Um, where she talks about, you know, how do you, how do you let somebody know that you're really with them and you believe that they can keep moving forward? Mm -hmm. And so she gives a great phrase, which I've, I've started using a lot, variations of it. So my kids don't get sick of it. (laughs) Um, but that stinks and you can handle it. Yeah. Which I love that because the first part is, boy, that is really hard. I bet that was really tough, man. You're right. This is going to be a challenge. But then the second part is to say, "I I think you can do it. What do you think? Yeah. Um, and or I think you can do it. How can I support you as you try? You know, so that you're letting your kid have some agency mm-hmm. and move forward. So that that balance in that phrase has been really helpful for me.
0: I love that, and I actually used that one this week with my son. He's nice. starting his own business, Cute. and yes, uh, and he he had run into a challenge. And I came to him and I apologized. I said, hey, I took over making your logo for you and I'm huh. so sorry for huh. that. And he didn't really care, but I was like, I want you to know that I believe that you can do this and that you have permission to tell me to back off mom, I got this. Awesome. But yeah, so that that's I think great. He's totally. How old is he again? He's 18. 18, yeah, 18. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's great, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So sometimes anxiety, once you get to that six, seven mark, it becomes unhealthy. So what are some practical ways that we can support our kids when it becomes unhealthy?
1: Yeah, the number one thing, I'm going to sound a bit like a broken record here, is helping our kid get the trained support that they need. Um, And so I'm a big believer in therapy um, for parents, for kids, for families all together. And so if you're feeling like your kid needs more help than you can provide, they probably do need more help than you can provide. And so um, find a therapist. And a lot of times parents don't know how to find a therapist. Talk to your church. um, Talk to a, a Christian leader that you respect. Talk to your kid's school because they're pretty good at having recommendations of therapists who are even trained in, in adolescence and childhood issues. And so, you know, honestly, I, I think that's one of the most important things that we can do. Um, and then, you know, I think back to the question of schedule, just, just talking with our kids more about what could change in the family that mm-hmm. would make their life um, less anxious. Yeah, It's hard because I know parents, when their kids are feeling anxiety, um, the kid wants to avoid whatever's causing them anxiety, mm-hmm. whether it's school or church or basketball practice or you name it. Um, and and what I've seen and heard from therapists is that sometimes avoidance can prolong anxiety. Oh, okay. So you might, you know, I, I, I think it's okay to give your kid a day off or a night off or, or say, okay, well, but we really need you to go tomorrow, so the expectation is that they will be going. So, you know, perhaps they. Mm-hmm. Again, talk to a therapist who knows far more um, and and will understand your child specifically. But kind of the rule of thumb that I have gathered from therapists is whatever's causing your kid anxiety, you know, maybe give them a little break from it. But you also want to help them have baby steps of success back toward it. Right. So figure out, you know, what's what's a first step of success? Um, Boy, soccer practice is really hard. What if I dropped you off? 45 minutes late and you only did the last 45 minutes, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. might be so that your kid can have a sense of, of working through it and not be afraid. Um, so
0: yeah. Helping them build that resilience by taking smaller steps. Yes, to get back there. exactly. Yeah, that's great. Exactly. So you guys at Fuller Youth Institute have been developing some tools. Would you like to tell us? Yeah, about that?
1: yeah, absolutely. So, um, we have developed a parent podcast, so four different podcasts, um, with us talking to experts, mental health, Pros who have a lot of brilliant insights day to day, what to do in a crisis. It, one who speaks on different cultures, different mm-hmm. ethnicities, and how that tends to affect mental health. Um, and so, I highly recommend those as well as we have a four-week uh, youth ministry curriculum, and and both the podcasts and the curriculum together are called Faith in an Anxious World. And so, the best way to access those is to go to FullerYouthInstitute.org slash anxious world good. so again that's fuller youth institute.org slash anxious world
0: and we will definitely link to that in the show notes And i've listened to the podcast and they are they're fantastic oh good. So i highly recommend it good thank if you this is something that you're looking at in your family or extended family or whatever yeah. that you pay attention to that because there are there's a lot of great nuggets in there so mm, thank you go listen thank you so because the show is lively conversations it can be silly or it can be serious what's something that's filling you with life right now
1: okay well the first thing that comes to mind is um i have a renewed passion for doing classes at the gym
0: okay so
1: <laughs> i um as my kids are getting older they're doing more and more homework at night uh-huh. so i'm seeing them less at night or they're out at worship practice or volleyball practice or whatever it might be and and uh, my tendency um is to work in those times <laughs> and so you know i work all day my kids we have dinner together my kids are busy i work all night um, and I felt like I wasn't working out hard enough. Uh-huh. But when my kids were in elementary school, I started doing workout DVDs at home because yeah. that was just the easier way for me to do it. But I I wasn't quite pushing myself as much. So um, my goal is to go three to go to the gym and do classes three to four days a week when I'm home. Yeah. Um. And sometimes it's yoga, sometimes it's Pilates. It's been cycling a lot. Okay. It's, or Zumba. I'm, okay. Te- I'm terrible at Zumba. <laughs> I'm terrible at Zumba. But I'm slowly getting a little bit better. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, that is filling me with joy. And sometimes. You know, I'm, oh, should I go to the gym? Yeah, I'll go. I'll feel better when I go. And I always feel better and stronger for the rest of the day when I've gone to the gym. Absolutely. So, yeah.
0: I used to love group exercise classes. Yeah. And something about the social aspect of it got me there because I thought, I'm going to see those people that I, totally. I like and I'm getting totally. to know. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm still like figuring out which classes I like, so yeah. I don't quite have the routine with the same people, but I'm looking forward to getting more of a, even a community from that too. That's so.
0: fantastic. Kara, thank you so much oh, for joining my us pleasure, for the Dana. lively conversations. Isn't she just brilliant? I just love Kara. I love her insight. I love her down-to-earth, super practical ways of taking the research that they've, that they've found and then putting it into practice in everyday real life. And they've given us such good tools for how to help our kids navigate anxiety. And along with that, I'd love to encourage you to visit the show notes at table112.org slash podcast. That's table, the number 112.org slash podcast. You'll see Kara's picture there. And in the show notes, you're going to find links to Faith in an Anxious World, as well as their parenting podcast. And we've developed an infographic with all of her suggestions, all in one place where you can see it visually, the scale of one to 10 and developing a team and the ABCDEs, all of that is in one place. So go over there, grab those from the show notes. And we hope this inspires some meaningful talks in your family and share it with a friend. I know that Every single one of us knows a teenager who is feeling anxious, who's feeling downtrodden. And so pass it on to another parent or ministry leader who can support them. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week at the table. That was really fun.